listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Our guest today is Ian Harding, and this is a bio written in the words of Ian himself. For most of my life, I can remember being the overweight kid who was made fun of. I played sports as a kid, but never excelled in them to be competitive. As I grew older, my interest in sports dropped off and I started working. I found myself in college, working part-time, and commuting to school, which meant a lot of time in the car and a lot of grab-and-go meals. The weight just began packing on, and I never really noticed it. Towards the end of college, I was involved in a very unhealthy relationship that was an emotional roller coaster to say the least. I came out on the other side using sleeping medication and alcohol to sleep at night. Luckily for myself and those around me, I realized how destructive this behavior was and I reached out to one of my best friends for help. He got me started on a plan and that was all I needed to take this leap into the unknown world. I began training, losing weight, and expanding this original exercise plan. I decided a goal would help keep me on track and a triathlon seemed like a good fit. I raced that first triathlon a year after starting my journey and was hooked on from that first day. Since that day, I have completed triathlons ranging in distance from sprint to half Ironman and running races from 5k to full marathon. This is truly a lifestyle and journey, but I loved every step of the way. So that was the bio in Ian's words, and he is also the host of the Do It Yourself podcast, so check out that podcast if you ever get the chance. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Ian Harding to the Art of Fulfillment. Oh, Joe, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it too, because there's nothing more that I love than talking with people who have overcome incredible challenges in their life. Um, that is one of the key tenets to fulfillment, at least in my belief and my experience in speaking from people who are fulfilled. And for you to not only have your own podcast that is all about overcoming challenges and people doing it for themselves, creating that change for themselves, you actually went through a massive radical change um, that was difficult, that was hard, and, and probably had a lot of adversity to it. So I'm sure that was the crux of how you started your home podcast. So what was, you know, what is your story, I should say, um, from the perspective of overcoming your own challenge? How did you do it? What was your mindset? Just give us, you know, the, 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 the gory story behind, you know, your journey to overcoming the obstacles in your life. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> hmm, where do we start? So I think the best place to start is definitely in childhood. Um, I was always the the overweight kid, the chubby kid, the fat kid, whatever you want to call it. Um, always the one who was being, you know, made fun of, poked fun at. It's easy, right? I mean, it's easy to, to make fun of the fat kid. Um, and, and that was me. And it didn't really it didn't really affect me too much as, as a younger kid, as much as it did when I got older. And I always say that fifth, sixth, seventh grade, like middle school age and middle school's different, you know, all throughout the country. But around that time frame is when kids really start to get mean, mm -hmm. you know, like at, at elementary school, it's like, Oh, you're fat. Oh, okay. Like they, they don't really make digs at you the way that kids do in middle school and then yeah. on you know in into the early years of high school so so that's when it started to get really bad for me and I can remember when I was young I went to a school counselor because I went to a Catholic school when I was growing up and I was the one who was getting in trouble because the kids who were making fun of me wouldn't get caught, but I would get caught reacting to them. Mm. And so I had to go see the school counselor because I was acting out and not doing well in school because people were treating me like shit. <laughs> and I remember sitting there talking with the counselor and I remember this particular moment like it was yesterday. And it was probably 15 years ago. We're sitting in her office and 
we started talking about food and like my relationship with food. And she asks me if the next time I go to eat and the specific example that she used was McDonald's. She said like the next time you go to McDonald's, why, why don't you try just getting one cheeseburger instead of getting two? And that was her piece of advice to me. Like as, as I mean, I was still a child, but as a child, Mm -hmm. that was her piece of advice. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck do you mean? Like that's, (laughs) I'm, if I'm hungry, I'm going to get, two cheeseburgers or I'm going to get fries or whatever. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. And so that conversation, I think, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or anything like that, but in my opinion, I think that conversation is what really shaped my relationship with food over the course of the next 15 some odd years, because Mm -hmm. my relationship with food then became, okay, I'm going to eat what a normal person would eat while I'm around other people. But then when nobody's looking, I'm going to go back and eat the amount that I actually wanted to eat because Mm -hmm. I'm still hungry. Mm -hmm. And so that hiding of eating became a habit. And I didn't even realize that it was a habit. And I never realized that it was a habit until I started interviewing people on my podcast and I realized that there was something wrong with that behavior. I mean, when you're 10, 12, 14 years old, you don't really associate that with bad behaviors. But when you're, you know, 28, 29, 30, and you look back at it, hindsight is always 2020. Mm-hmm. And you're like, shit, that, yeah, that, that was a really, really bad behavior that I was engaging in there. Yeah. And so that really started to shape my relationship with food. And, you know, I, we weaved my way through middle school and high school. I played football. I played lacrosse. I played some sports. Um, and when I got to high school, I found a really, really amazing group of friends that I'm still friends with to this day. Wow. And they accepted me for who I was, right? No poking fun. No treating me like shit no questioning, you know, food, nothing like that. Like we were just all friends. And so those friends carried me through high school and we hung out every single weekend throughout our senior year. We were just absolutely inseparable. All of us, there's, I couldn't, I can't count off the top of my head, but there's probably a solid group of about seven to 10 of us who are just really, really good friends. And so that, that changed my attitude but it didn't change my habits. Mm -hmm. And so I still continued with the same food habits and I still continued with the same poor nutrition. And when I went to college, I was commuting to college. I didn't live on campus. So guess what? What do you do when you're commuting? You don't have, you know, the cafeteria where you can go and, and get your meals. You, yes, you get, you know, one or two meals at home depending on the day, but you're left essentially to fend for yourself. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like you're out on the road commuting to and from school. And also for me, I was going to work. So it was like, I'm going to eat where and when I can. Mm -hmm. And as a broke college student, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat what's cheap, what's easy and what's quick. And that's not always the healthiest choice. So as I started weaving my way through college, I was, finding myself just eating a lot in the car and making choices that I had to make because of the situation that I was in, but I could have been making better choices. And like I said, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I know how to make those better choices now, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to make those better choices then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's super interesting. And so as I was kind of getting through my college career, um, I ended up in a relationship that was not a good relationship and it wasn't a healthy relationship. And that relationship went on for probably, God, I want to say like the better part of almost four or five years. Um, And when that relationship ended, it ended really, really bad. I mean, it was Mm. really bad. 
And I specifically remember the one of the many nights of a fight that we got into. I went out with this group of friends that I'm still friends with from high school. And we went out and I wasn't holding anything back. Like I was just going out to have a good time. And Mm -hmm. we started drinking at my friend's apartment, then went out, hit a bunch of bars, you know, this and that. Ended up at another friend's apartment. And I was with some friends and I was like, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, um, like it's time for me to go. Like this night is definitely over. I should probably just call it quits and I'm going to walk back to the other apartment. And my buddy and I, like we had this typical bro moment and he like put his hands on my shoulders and he's like, dude, are you sure you're going to be okay? Like you're going to make it. I'm like, yeah, I go to school here. I know where I'm at. Like, I'm fine. I can make it back to the apartment. No problem. It was probably, I don't know. Let's guesstimate and say it was maybe like four blocks away. Right. Mm -hmm. The next thing that I remember after that conversation is ending up at an intersection that was not four blocks away. And it was an intersection of two extremely rural back roads in Chester County, PA, which is like, there's nothing, right? (laughs) Like it, there's nothing out there. So I have no idea how I got there. Um, I remember a few times headlights coming up behind me and or coming towards me. And I remember getting off of the road and like doing like a a flat army style lay in whatever I was in. I don't know if it was grass or if it was a field, if it was bushes, I have no idea, but I did have enough awareness to do that so that I didn't get in trouble. Mm. Because like I said, I went to, I was going to school on this campus. So if I got, I can't say pulled over, but like if I got stopped or if someone found me or saw me, I would get in serious trouble, not only with like the cops, but you know, with the university as well, because I'm a student there. So I had that, that mind. And when I finally came back to, I realized where I was and then I had to figure out how to get back to where I, where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So on the course of that walk, I had a whole lot of time to think about what was going on. Um, And I mean, I was still young at this point. I was probably barely 21 years old. I mean, I know we were old enough to be going to the bar, but couldn't have been much older than, than 21 at the time. And it was just one of those things where I remember walking back and I remember having to, there was, there was a part where I had to get off of the road and I had to walk up this giant hill and there was a soccer field at the top of the hill, but the soccer field was fenced in and the, the hill was so steep. I had to put my hands in the chain link fence to hold onto the fence to stay at the top of the hill, oh, but to also walk around, uh, walk around this field to get back to where I wanted to go. And so I remember like on this walk, I'm just thinking to myself like, man, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, like this is really what this has come to. And simultaneously when all this shit was going down i had started a new job and this new job was at a new health club and part of being an employee at that health club one of the benefits was you got a membership there Mm. and when we were talking pre-show i told you that i had tried to lose weight in the past specifically Mm -hmm. for like football, for lacrosse, for whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But there were multiple different things that just didn't work for one. I didn't really want it. I was doing it because someone else was telling me that I had Mm -hmm. to do it. Right. But the second thing was, and you know, another really specific reason was when I was at the other gym, I was also an employee there and I taught and coached swimming. So mm-hmm. I would see these parents in the fitness room and they would come up to me and be like, oh, hey, I see what you're doing. Oh, hey, you're doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. Not to people listening, you might be like, well, yeah, it's encouragement. Like you want people to encourage you. Like that's how you keep, you keep going. That's how you make progress. 
But for me at the time, when you're the overweight person in the gym, the last thing you want is someone calling attention to you. Mm-hmm. So to have people coming up to me while I was in the gym and I was the overweight guy, I absolutely hated it, right? Even though I know it was so well-intentioned, it's just not what I needed at that point in time. I would have rather no one came up to me. Mm-hmm. So I start at this new place and at this new place, nobody knows me. Nobody has any idea who I am. And so I get this chance to have a fresh start. So I start working there. And one Sunday evening, I send one of my best friends a text message. And I said, listen, tomorrow's the day. We're getting this shit together. And we're going to make it happen. And I need you to give me something to do. I need some kind of plan to work off of so that I can get started with this and I can get going and I know what I need to do. And he was, he was an athletic trainer at the time. And he said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Here's what I want you to do. He gave me a group of exercises and he said, you know, I want you to do this full body thing on, uh, I don't know, Tuesday and Thursday. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I want you to do some form of cardio. But the only stipulation about your cardio is you are not allowed to run. Hmm. And I completely understand that now because he didn't want me to destroy my knees and my joints and everything else because Uh, of my size. Right. You know, so like I totally get that. But at the time, like that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I used to run for football. I used to run for lacrosse. And it's like, wow, I've. I've actually gotten to the point now where I can't even run anymore. And most people like that's the easiest, that's the easiest thing to start doing to get healthy is running. Right. But sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not always the best. And so I, I started that plan and no pun intended. I took that plan and I ran with it and (laughs) I started to read articles on bodybuilding.com. I started to talk to people on Instagram about, what their nutrition was like and what they were doing to help lose weight. And I just completely immersed myself in this process. And the reason that it was different this time was because I made the decision on my own that I wanted to hit the gym. I -hmm. wanted to lose weight and I wanted to get healthy. I didn't have anyone telling me that I had to do this. I was doing it because I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's when change is going to happen. Change is going to happen when you decide that it's what you want to do. And so I made that decision and that's what, that's, that's how I started. And so just to fast forward a little bit, like I, I went through this, you know, transformation for probably about four or five months and, got a message from a friend and she's like, Hey, I saw what you're doing. You know, I love it. I think it's super awesome. What are your thoughts on doing a triathlon? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's weird that she's sending me this message because like, I've been thinking about this and I haven't talked to her. She has no idea, but like the universe is trying to tell me something. Right. Mm. So I said, well, it's actually funny that you say that. I've been thinking about doing one myself, you know, this new health club where I'm working. There's a lot of people who are into triathlons. I can swim, I can bike. And I'm now, I've now gotten to the point where I can start running. So yeah, I I like this idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm in. So we found a race in Atlantic city, New Jersey, and we signed up for it. And it just so happened that that race would be in September, which would have marked not to the date, but close enough to one year after I started my journey. Mm. Wow. And so I continued to train and I probably overtrained. It was a sprint distance race, but you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to look like the first timer. And so I, I did pretty much everything, really everything you probably shouldn't do as a first-timer triathlete. Um, Like I said, I definitely overtrained, but I got to the race and I felt confident. And I remember a week before the race, 
this guy came up to me and he knew that I was doing the race and he said something to me about it. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I think, I think maybe if, depending on how the day goes, you know, I could definitely place like top 10 in my age group, maybe even a little bit better, but you know, who knows? And he's like, well, don't get ahead of yourself. You know, it's your first one and um, just go out there and have fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like you, you don't, you don't really know me you don't know how much I have been training or haven't been training, but it's cool. Like, thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, went to the race and ended up finishing fifth in my age group. Oh, wow. And, uh, I don't remember what my place was overall, but after that, I mean, just specifically that day after that day, I was absolutely bitten by the bug mm -hmm. of triathlon. And, I haven't looked back since. Wow. Damn it. That's awesome to go from where you were to where you are now doing triathlons. And how much weight did you lose along the journey too? So over the course of that years long journey, I lost a hundred pounds. Holy crap. Um, and I, I don't remember. So here's, the, well, here, here's the, the caveat or the asterisks. It's kind of like Barry Bonds, right? Mm -hmm. So. I didn't get on the scale until I was a, probably at least two, if not three weeks into my training uh, that my gotcha. friend, like the training plan that my friend gave me. Right. So the caveat is he wanted me to weigh in every single day. And I told him to fuck off. I wasn't doing that because I hated the <laughs> scale to begin with. <laughs> right. Right. So I started weighing in like once or twice per week. Now when that for the, so the first time I weighed in, I was at 297. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure if I was two to three weeks in, especially at that size and I started restricting my calories and I started moving there is, and I've talked to many people about this, so I'm not just throwing shit at the wall. They figure that between that two to three weeks, I could have very easily lost 10 pounds. Wow. Right. Be because I had that weight to lose. Right. And so I had, I was over 300. I was probably close to 310, um, 315 mm -hmm. at, at that point in time. So yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I guess if you want to look at it as a, you know, there's an asterisk there like Barry Bonds in the hall of fame, et cetera. Um, right. Right. You know, but yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can say with, with full confidence that I definitely lost a hundred pounds over the course of that year. That is fucking awesome, man. Good for you. That is awesome. That is something that is not easy whatsoever. Um, <laughs> something that many people, um, like to your point, you know, you said that you try to do this five times at least before you actually did it. And I think a lot of people are in that place where they, you know, are not deciding. They're just kind of waffling. They're like, eh, like maybe I'll go to the gym. Maybe I won't. It's whatever. But it was only until that part that you made a decision and you were like, fuck it, I'm going to go in and go through with this that you actually started to see the result. And so along that journey, I'm sure you got hungry. I'm sure you had, you know, the times where you didn't want to go to the gym. And so, specifically from your experience, how did you battle those temptations to, you know, go in and eat more or to maybe skip a day or something like that? And for our listeners, I want to kind of just say it doesn't have to be about weight loss. It doesn't have to be about anything physical. You know, this could be something that you can take away from Ian if you are starting a business and it starts to get hard or if you are trying to go for a new career and it starts to get hard or even in like your day-to-day -day job, a project you're passionate about and it starts to get hard. I'm sure you can implement what Ian is saying, you know, for, from whatever he's about to say um, that helped him get the results. So for you, Ian, what helped you to push through all of those obstacles and temptations and the will to chill, I like to call, um, what helped you in those scenarios? So the thing with this, Joe, is the people who say, oh, I love what I do so much. I've never worked a day in my life. That's bullshit. Right. Agree, because yep. even even those people have days where they wake up in the morning and they don't want to get up and go do whatever it is that they have to do. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I don't give a shit if you're Tom Brady. I bet you I bet you there is a day 
when Tom Brady wakes up and he's like, man, I don't feel like throwing a fucking football today. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody has it. Right. Everyone has that feeling. But the difference is the people who go and do it on the days that they don't want to Mm -hmm. are the ones who are going to see the results. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. And I figured that out. Like Mm -hmm. I figured out that even though I didn't want to do it, at that point, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And I actually just put up a post about this on Instagram last night. But I get to do some really, really cool shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I'm not super famous, right? I, I'm not like some superstar athlete. But I've gotten to travel to Omaha, Nebraska, which I would have never gone there if it wasn't for the USA Triathlon National Championship. I've gone to Cleveland. I now get to ski almost every single weekend. I get to do all these activities and things that I love. And when I was overweight, I never did those things. Mm. And on top of that, I get to do it with all these amazing people. And there's so many young children in my life now that I look at as my nieces and nephews. Some of them are blood by family. Others aren't, but I still look at them as my family. And I get to go and chase those kids around. I get to chase them around the mountain. I get to chase them around the golf course. I get to chase them around the beach. I get to ride scooters with them. I get to skateboard with them. I get to ride bikes with them. I get to do all this cool shit that I never would have done before. So yes, I got all of the physical changes, but I also got the mental changes and the the confidence to try these things and Mm. do these things. And on top of that, I get my health, right? Mm. I, I get to be there for all of these people who I love so much and I get to be there for them long-term, not just today, but long-term my health is going to be good. And so I'm going to be around for them. And regardless of whether it's business, health, fitness, whatever it is, unless you do the work and unless you do it on the days that you don't want to, you're never going to do it on the days where you do want to. Because those days where you don't want to are going to start to outnumber the ones that you do. Yes. And so, you know, that, that's definitely one of, one of the things that, that you asked. And then I know the other thing that you asked and specifically it was, you know, what did I do when I got hungry? Um, I will say that when you start to change your diet and you eat foods that actually fill you up, and you monitor your intake, you monitor how much you're eating, you'd be really surprised how hungry you don't get. Mm. So yes, I was in a calorie deficit, right? I was burning off more than I was taking in, but I was eating good, wholesome foods. And that really helps with the hunger. And of course, I was increasing my water intake. You know, I was having black coffee, um, there's, there's definitely things that you can do to help with those hunger pains, but switching my food was way, way better than anything that I could have ever done. And it's interesting now because I don't avoid any foods, right? I still eat burgers. I still eat pizza. I still eat French fries. It's just how much of it I eat and how often I eat it. Yeah. But when I do eat those things, Nine times out of 10, I feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, dude, you know? I feel you, man. Oh, yeah. So um, it's making that mental shift. Like when you make that mental shift and you realize like, okay, when I eat this food, I feel good. When mm-hmm. I eat that food, I feel like shit. Like when you could start to recognize those things, that's also going to help you make the changes. Yeah. No, I love that, man. I love how you said that it's not just a physical transformation. It's a mental transformation as well, right? Because you gain the confidence. You're like, holy shit, I could do that. And you started to take new, bigger risks. And I love that. And I also love how you just said that you, you, you know, 
you can do all the things that you couldn't do before. And looking back on that and being like, wow, like that is awesome. It gives you, at least from my perspective, like line of sight into the person that you can become if you do chase what you really want in life, whether it's losing weight, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, um, you know, going, putting yourself out there for a relationship, whatever is going to fulfill you in life. Like if you have that end goal in mind and, and see the benefits just beyond what the immediate results are, like in your case, weight loss and seeing what the other areas that it bleeds into, like for you, your relationships, your ability to experience, um, you know, the world and, and the country. Uh, I think you can really, really see the beauty and transformation. And so kind of following up from your story and I, I you know, I, I, I'm sure your podcast has something to do with this, but how have you used this whole process and the whole challenge and the whole journey as one to contribute back to um, society? Because I believe that um, whatever challenge that anyone goes to goes through, whether it's something that they've you know, created for themselves or something that, um, you know, has been unfortunately given to them, you can always use that as an opportunity to give back to others and, and help the world become a better place. I mean, that's kind of why I started this podcast. And so how have you taken your journey and used it as a, as a vehicle for contribution, um, in, in order to, you know, leave your mark on the world? So from the very, very beginning, I started, my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And when I started my Instagram page, my goal was to just share my journey. And the reason that I wanted to do that was because there were other people who I found on Instagram who were sharing their journey. And I learned something from them, whether it be mm -hmm. a new recipe or a new exercise or a new workout routine or anything. I learned something from people on Instagram. And so I wanted to share what I was up to so that maybe someone somewhere could learn something from me. And so that's how I started. And when I got really into cycling, I had to get what's called a road ID. And it's just an ID that you wear on your wrist and it has like all your vital information. So it has like your date of birth, if you have any sort of allergies to medication or if you have like some kind of do not resuscitate or anything like that. And then it has your emergency contacts and stuff on there. And on the very last line, it says that you could put a quote. So I started looking for all these quotes and I don't even remember where or how I found this quote that said something about do it for yourself. Mm. And I just, I just grabbed that. I was like, do it for yourself. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because this is something that I'm interested in. I'm doing this because I made the decision to start. I'm doing this because no one's telling me I have to, mm. but because I want to. So I took that and that's that's where I got do it for yourself. So then I that's what my Instagram was called and as I start to fast forward through the journey, I decided that I wanted to start a podcast and I wanted to start a podcast because I know that I'm not the only one out there who is doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. There's so many other people out there who, who are doing it for themselves. They are working busy professionals, but they're qualifying to race on the biggest stage in triathlon. There are people who were literally living on the streets because they were addicted to some kind of substance and now they have completely done a 180 some of them even a 360 they are clean they are sober they have great jobs like i know that i'm not the only one out there who's doing it for myself and so i wanted to get those stories and share those stories and use this podcast as an avenue to just show people that I am not an anomaly. Like mm -hmm. if I can do it and if these people can do it, anyone can do it. You just have to take some of the little pieces of advice that come through in the podcast and apply them to your life. Mm -hmm. And so that was my goal. Like that's how I want to give back. I want to share stories that have information and tips that people can take away, apply 
to their own lives and accomplish something that they've always wanted to accomplish, but they haven't even started because they're scared Mm. or they don't know where to start or they don't know what to do or because they just haven't fucking started and they need to get off the couch and go do something. Like it, Mm -hmm. it could be as simple as that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think that holds a lot of people back in life, especially at me at one point in my life, like not being able to really just just take the leap towards sobriety for those who are listening who don't know my story. I was addicted to drugs. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but basically the whole thing that really held me back was the fear, like you said, and it just takes getting the fuck up and going and taking the small step forward. So for someone who doesn't know what to do and they want to just start, like what, Obviously, like it's easy just to say go and do it, but like if there's if you need to light a fire under someone's ass right now who needs that action to go and go forward, what would you say to them? It's not going to be a common answer. It's not going to be maybe a pleasing answer, but quite honestly, there is nothing that I can say that's going to make someone go start unless they are ready to go start. I love that. Now, if you don't know what to do, that's one thing, right? I didn't know what to do to start mm-hmm. my weight loss journey. Like I didn't I didn't know what would make a good exercise plan to start my weight loss journey. And I kind of had an idea, but you know, it wasn't like I wouldn't have been able to get going, right? So not knowing what to do is one thing, but the other thing is if you are having difficulty getting started, find someone who is not your closest friend or if they are your closest friend, make sure that it is not someone who is going to sugarcoat anything for you and tell them that you need them to keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. so I reached out I've reached out my hand and I said I need help and in doing that I also basically signed my buddy up to be my accountability and he would check in with me I would send him stuff he was the backboard that I could bounce things off of and that was key that was huge having some sort of accountability That's why personal trainers are such a hot commodity, right? But a personal trainer is only going to take you so far. You have to want to do it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. It it all starts with the desire and the decision, like you said before. Do you want it enough? And can you decide and cut everything off that basically any possibility of you going back, right? It's like Tony Robbins says, he says, you want to take the island? Burn the fucking boats, right? And so... It starts with a decision. Like you don't actually have to theoretically, you know, get rid of everything and and any option. But like in your mind, you have to cut off all possibility and then just literally just fucking want it so bad that you go and do it for yourself. And I love that you said that there's something that you can say. It just is. You have to ask yourself, are you ready? Like, are you ready to take this journey? And, and I think that I hope at least from people hearing this podcast, can realize that and know that, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you didn't know what to do. And like you said, you didn't know what to do exactly in your journey, but you were ready and you wanted to change and you made it happen and you found a way. And then you use that accountability partner to keep you in the race. So I think that is awesome. And so this show is all about fulfillment and, and how we, um, how all about fulfillment in terms of how we feel about ourselves when when we're by ourselves. And I'm sure that after losing a hundred pounds and doing all these triathlons that like made you feel great. Like, before you talked about like all the things that the outcome of becoming healthier in your life has given you. But what about the process itself, the process of losing the weight, the process of making progress, the process of, you know, getting better every single day. What about the process was fulfilling to you if it was, or if it wasn't Um, describe that a little bit for me, because I think, you know, at least from the people that I've talked with and from my own personal experience, going through something that is so incredibly difficult the process itself um, is something that you can fall in love with, even though it sucks. So from your perspective, like how, how was the process fulfilling as opposed to just the outcome? Well, when I first started, obviously the, the most fulfilling part was 
getting on the scale, whether it be, you know, once or twice a week, whatever it was, and seeing the number go down. Mm-hmm. Like my goal was to lose weight. And when I got on the scale, I saw the number go down. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's fulfilling, right? Seeing something that's fulfilling and it's something that you can see, boom, right there in front of you. Yeah. So that was definitely something that was fulfilling. But now as my focus has changed and I'm not as focused on the weight loss and I'm more focused on the sport of triathlon, the fulfilling part is getting better. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is it's very, very incremental gains. Mm-hmm. Like at the very be- and it's guess what? It, the triathlon gains are the same weight as the weight loss gains, right? At the beginning, you see like these super, super, super huge changes. Right. And then as you start to get better and get better and get better, those changes are in, they are, they get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so being able to look at a workout on paper and say, holy shit, I don't know how I'm going to get that done, but I'm going to give it a shot and let's see what happens. And then at the end, you, you got the workout done and you nailed it. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's it. That's a great feeling. Right. And I told you before we got on, like I had a pretty punishing bike workout today and I love riding the bike, but like I said, there's definitely times where I don't feel like doing it. So just right. getting on the bike and getting it done today, like sometimes that's enough. Sometimes just showing up and getting it done for the day is enough. and that's going to be rewarding for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a long day at work and the last thing that you want to do is do your cardio or work on your side hustle when you get home, or whatever it is, like if you just put in a little bit of time, you just make, make a little bit of effort, like sometimes that's just enough. And like mm-hmm. then you, you start to, you know, you start to put that together and you start to roll that snowball down the hill and you start to see like, okay, if I do a little bit of effort and then I do a little bit more and then I do a little bit more, like you start to build that momentum and then it starts to get a little bit easier to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. The momentum is so powerful. Like once you start going, like you, you can be stopped. I mean, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Like how crazy the progress stacks when you make momentum and like when you just keep the ball rolling it's amazing and then starting is always the hardest part right because once you like getting through that first barrier again the momentum is just going to carry you man and I totally agree like that when you're able to do something that you don't feel like doing but like deep down you know that you want to do it but you might not feel like doing it in the moment when you actually push through that it is such an amazing experience because you look back and you're like, fuck, I didn't feel like doing it, but I did. You like gain, you feel like you have control over your mind and your emotions. And I think it's just so mental powerful. toughness. Exactly. You, you build that resiliency, mm-hmm. you build that toughness. I love that. And, and, and just, uh, you know, for, for our last question, before we kind of get into it, like, how do you build like that mental toughness aside from just, um, you know, doing the things that you don't feel like doing, like, in the middle of a triathlon, I'm sure there's times where it gets really tough, but how do you keep pushing? Like, you know, like what, what are the things, are you saying things to yourself? Um, is there like something that you're, you're physically doing? Like, what is, what does that process look like to you? Like when you're actually in the fight itself? Yes, there's things that I say to myself, but there's, this probably isn't the space for me to announce what I say to myself because it's, <laughs> it's not nice. It's yeah. not nice. I'll be honest. It's not. Really? Um, yeah, but it's just along the lines of like, I mean, I'll give you like a an example, but it's not yeah. gonna be a full example. But you know, it's like, like yeah, this hurts right now. But what, like, you want to go back and be a fat motherfucker? Like, like push your feet down on the pedals and and let's fucking go. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just it's just and and there's things like that. Like, don't be a little bitch. Like, you know, like just like stuff like that. Like right. that that keeps me going. But, um. Yeah, there's definitely times in triathlon races that are hard and you you want to stop. Um, I can specifically remember just this past season um, in one of the races that I did, I came out of the swim um, and the swim was brutally, brutally hard. The current coming back, coming back in to get out of the swim was just absolutely brutal. And I got onto the bike and I think I was on the bike for like three or four minutes and I, I 
was almost a hundred percent confident that I was, was going to puke like just right on the bike because I probably drank like a gallon of ocean water. Right. But it was like that split second decision where it's like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to pull over and, and, you know, bitch out and throw up on the side of the road and then call it a day or (laughs) am I going to keep going? Like, I don't have a choice. Like I'm already out on the bike course. So I'm, I'm, what am I going to do? Turn around and ride back in or can I just like finish the rest of this? You know what I mean? So it's like, at the same time, it's kind of taking a breath and just doing it. But I will say that I've, I have thought about this, right? Like I have thought about how to gain mental toughness um, and how I've gained mental toughness because I don't want to sound like an arrogant asshole, but <laughs> like my, my, my mental toughness is, is up there pretty high. And mm-hmm. I, have, I have the ability to, to push myself very, very hard. And Mm. I think it's because of where I came from. Mm. Like, I think because of the circumstances that I had to go through and the fight that I had to go through to get to where I am, Mm. that entire journey and all of those stories of kids making fun of me and all of those, like, you know, you're going to be like this for the rest of your life. You're going to be fat. You're going to be that like, like, this is now my way to turn around. And even though my whole thing is do it for yourself, like I can still turn around and flip the middle finger to them and say, fuck you. No, I'm not going to be like this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this triathlon. I'm going to be on the podium. I'm going to like, I think that's where it comes from. Like, I think given the circumstances that I had to go through, that's what built up my mental toughness. And you can absolutely build up mental toughness, right? It, mm-hmm. It's definitely something that can be taught and it can be fostered and it can be grown, but you really, really have to work at it. And I think that working at it for not just the year of the weight loss, but I mean, we're going on, I think like almost five years now Um, working at something for five years. Like it's just like lifting weights for five years. Like you're going to get stronger, but it's something that you have to work at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. It's something that you just need to condition your mind to. You need to condition your mind to the the toughness, to to the the difficulties in life because it's like a muscle, right? Like, and it's the same kind of thing. Like you said, I love that analogy where it's like you lift weights every day, you're going to get stronger for five years. You put your brain through tough situations every single day, whether it's one that, again, like, you know, you put into yourself or ones that you're manufacturing for yourself, like cold showers or doing the workout every morning or fasting, whatever, whatever it is for you, condition yourself to that tough pain and you're going to get that mental toughness. I love that illustration that you put out there. All right, Ian, it's been just so awesome talking with you and learning from you. And I appreciate you sharing your story and everything. And it's just been a real pleasure. And so for people who are listening right now, who want to dive more into your world, who want to listen to your podcast, all of these sorts, where can our listeners find you and anything else you're up to um, in your own life? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, Joe, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. Of course, Thank man. you for inviting me to your show. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that you did you know, some homework. You did some research. We were able to have a really good conversation. Um, these are all things that I really appreciate. So you're doing a very nice job yourself. So, so keep that up. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. As, as, far, as, as far as my doings go um you can look up the podcast anywhere that you can find podcasts and that is stitcher itunes i'm sorry apple podcasts um anywhere that podcasts are available or i've actually made it quite quite easy for everyone um and you can just go to the do it for yourself.com forward slash podcast and um it should pop right up for you. And the last thing that you can do is just search for me on Instagram under do it for yourself. I should come right up. Um, you'll know if you found the, <laughs> the right profile or not, that's for sure. Uh, oddly enough, it, it's, I don't know. I didn't think it was something that was super, super common, but uh, apparently it is. So there are some other do it for yourself people out there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you'll know, you'll know when you, when you find mine. So really those are just the, uh, those are the two places where you can find me. And I apologize. I gave you the wrong link. It's the T H E the do it for yourself.com forward slash subscribe. That's what it is. Forward slash awesome. subscribe. Thank Good you. Stuff. Yeah, of, of course, man. Good stuff. Yeah. And I encourage everyone listening to check out his podcast, check out what he's up to. I mean, he's gone through an incredible transformation and he's all about doing the work and making the change, obviously for yourself, as he says in his podcast title and all of the messages that he gets from his um, guests that he has on. And he has not only um, conveyed in his life, but one that he wants to hope to inspire into others. So check him out if you want to start to do it for yourself. I will guarantee you will not be disappointed. All right, Ian, for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Fulfillment to me means that you get to enjoy the things that you're doing. Mm. And there could be many, many different things that bring you fulfillment. But when you do something and it brings you just absolute joy, like whatever it is that you're doing, if you can completely lose track of time, lose track of what's going on around you. I think that that that's truly fulfillment. And so what brings me fulfillment? Um, I talked about a lot of the things that bring me fulfillment earlier, but Mm -hmm. being able to um, chase these kids around in my life and watch them grow up and be a part of that, um, that brings me fulfillment. Uh, The, privilege that I have to push my body to the limits almost every single day, um, whether it be in a triathlon race or in triathlon training, that brings me fulfillment. And just being able to enjoy this sport and this life and these activities with people that I just absolutely adore and love that's what brings me fulfillment. That's awesome, man. Uh, Ian, you're even more awesome. So thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you continue to crush it and inspire people, man. You're a true force. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Joe. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. If you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate if you left a review or rated our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us to spread our message uh, and mission to help others create a life of fulfillment for themselves. And you can really just help us out by doing those things. We really appreciate you listening. And if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram at Art of Fulfillment, or you can find me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. Feel free to send a DM or, um, or comment on one of our posts if you have a question, and we'll be more than happy to hand- answer because we love to connect with you guys. We love to answer your questions, and we are always here for you guys if you ever need us. All right, thank you so much for listening. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. We'll see you next Wednesday.